1: Welcome to the insidecarolina.com post game podcast sponsored by Johnny T shirt, Johnny T shirt.com. We have Dewey Burke, we've got Gregory Hall. We're rolling this live. Carolina wins in Cameron. I'm going to come to you first because I haven't really figured out what to say about this one. I've watched a lot of Carolina basketball over the years. I said it this morning. I've said it over and over that if they figured out a way to win this game, it would be the biggest regular season win in Carolina basketball history. And I know that encompasses a lot and I've seen a lot of it, but man, thoughts from a guy who was in this program, a former player, just share them with us.
0: Hey, look This is the biggest win our program's had since the 2017 National Championship. And it's not even close. It's not even close. I am so happy for Hubert and the staff and those kids. And let me tell you something. I know exactly how this feels because this is exactly what we did in 2006 when we went in there and they're in that stadium right now trying to make senior speeches. And he's trying to talk when we were in the locker room in 2006, we could hear them trying to make senior speeches, trying to reconcile what just happened. And that's what those kids are doing right now. And I tell you what, even if we hadn't won, we as Carolina alums, fans, former players, would have still been so proud of those kids and how hard they played. I don't know why they couldn't have done it more often earlier this year. I, I can't, I, look, Tommy, we tried to figure that out, that out all year but they played their ass off. And I am so proud of those kids. And, and, again, I am so happy for Hubert. I am so happy for Hubert to go in there and win a game like – I mean, it's just mm, as good as it gets. Feels like feels like we just won a ring.
1: It does. It really does feel like they just won a national championship. Uh, Gregory, I'll let you chime in. You said it earlier, um, compared it to the national championship game in 17, but wow.
2: It might be the best 40 minutes of basketball UNC has played since that game. Since Kennedy Meeks got the block, threw it ahead to Justin Jackson and slammed it home. Joel Berry with the ball in his hands, flexing and screaming. Like that is, you know, that's what Armando was feeling when he slammed that dunk to go up 10. Like, and the way they've got it done. I mean, everything, Tommy, almost everything that you and I said with Joey Powell this morning on Inside Carolina Live, Inside Carolina Live. What Greg and Rel and the two of us, the four of us said on Thursday, almost everything that we said needed to happen, which was a lot, right? Like when we were talking about what needed to happen for UNC to win this game, it was a lot and it happened. The only thing that you can say maybe didn't happen is the three-point shooting as far as volume But you look at when they started to fall, and it was at it was in the second half. Like they did exactly and Hubert split up leaky and defended like in the first half, tried to give his guys some time so they can play all they could in the second half. And it's just from it was just a 40-minute game plan that one, I didn't think they had it in them, and two, they did it to near perfection and it, they're walking away and they're going to drive back to Franklin and have a good old time with a 13 point win in Mike Krzyzewski's final game in Cameron Endor that featured over a hundred former players. And what Greg wrote earlier this week, like this is a basketball team that will be remembered by the 105 people that are watching us right now. And the thousands of Carolina basketball fans. Forever, regardless of what happens next week and the week after that.
0: Yeah, I agree Greg's with that. Greg's, Greg's right. And, and it, I, I'm just going to say one thing. There's a reason why so many people brought up the 06 game to me this week. That was 16 years ago. And everybody remembers that game. Because we had no business going in there and winning. Everybody thought it was J.J. and Sheldon's last game, right? Everybody thought that they were going to cruise, And, boy, they came out and punched us in the mouth in that game. We hung in there and we hung in there and we played a flawless second half just like we did tonight. And what Greg said is right. These kids will be remembered for this forever.
1: Yeah, it'll always be. And you're right because that 06 game seems like it was yesterday. And it's interesting. They showed J.J. Reddick late in the game tonight. And he looked a little emotional sitting there watching it unfold in front of him again. Had to be some some memories there. Dewey, let's talk about the game itself. Um, I, comparing the two games, the way they came out tonight and got a lead, but the, w- the attitude they had and the attack they had in them. First play of the game, first offensive play of the game. That's when I thought to myself, uh-oh, this might be a thing. Would you see early that thought, Carolina
0: could actually get this done late. Yeah, look, we, we got off to a really strong start. You knew Duke would settle in. Let's let's be honest. There was a lot of pressure on the Duke players. A lot of pressure on the Duke players uh, to win this game for Coach K. And that that's a heavy burden. But when they settled in and they started, they, I think they made a 12-0 run. We went from either up five or up seven to then quickly at a deficit. And I think it eventually got to nine. Is that right, Greg? It was 28-23 to
2: 23 UNC, and then it was 37-28 Duke. Yeah, so we're down nine.
0: And that was the moment because there have been plenty of times this season, we can go back to a number of games where we folded when the other team made a run at us. And that, to me, was the decisive moment that we didn't fold. I had I had friends of mine texting me saying – uh, you know, they started hot, but it's a wrap. And then we stuck with a game plan, even with Armando on the bench, made a couple big shots those last couple of minutes, including RJ's three at the buzzer or just before the buzzer. And that was when I knew we were going to be in it all the way. Right. And Tommy, you and I started texting in the second half. And there was a, a lot of the second half where it still felt like that, you know, they were up five and they were a couple of, made threes or and one or Ben Carroll getting a bucket from pushing to double figures, but it never happened. And we hung in there and we hung in there and I thought the Duke kids started to get nervous. And I thought we started to play even more free. RJ got going. They started switching big little ball screens. He started getting to the paint. Caleb made a couple big plays. And I think the Duke kids, they never could have imagined losing that game and they started thinking about, Oh my God, what if we lose this game?
2: When it was 37 to 28, Caleb Love was 0 of 7 with his only points on two free throws. He had assists and he had a turnover. And it was about uh, 37 28 was allowed, what, under eight, I think, in the first half, like around there. Sounds right. He went 4 of 10, which, you know, nothing crazy, but still better than 0 of 7. He finished the game 4 of 10 with four more assists, zero turnovers, and 10 more free throws. Like, he didn't do his show stopping Caleb love, right? Like he didn't, but man, he did what he needed to do to get this team over that hump. He hung in there.
0: He hung in there. We hung in there. He hung in there. And so that to me was the moment, Tommy, to your question. Is that under eight timeout? I think what Greg said is right. It was actually the under four timeout. Okay. It was the under four timeout where you felt like we could have been down 15 at half and you wouldn't have been surprised with the way the game was flowing at that moment, right? Mondo was in foul trouble. Uh, We have Justin McCoy, who hasn't played minutes in a long time in the game, guarding a top three NBA draft pick mismatch. Our offense was stagnant. They started switching everything. We couldn't get anything going north-south. They were making us play east-west 30 feet from the basket and we had nobody to throw the ball inside to Took a lot of forced threes that didn't go. And all of a sudden, you know, we were a little bit in disarray there. And that's why I keep talking. That moment, that whatever he said to them in that huddle, I think Brady made a big three during that stretch. Uh, Got a couple stops and then RJ hit the three right there at the end of the first half buzzer. And that's when I knew it was going to be a game. I knew they were going to be in it.
1: Yeah, Carolina trailed 37-28 at the three fifty-two mark and then went on an 11-4 run to close the half, and, and then second half they just played as, as flawless as Carolina, as this Carolina team can play. Just, you know, here's where it turned. that It turned there for sure, but I thought in the second half when Theo John cheap-shotted Baycott in the lane and, and Baycott laid out and then John fell over the top of him. I thought something flipped there for Carolina and I don't have it in front of me when that exactly happened, but I felt like from that point they wore Duke out and I like what Baycott said on the court afterwards. He said, we knew, we knew we were coming over here to win the fight and the game and we won the ball game and we didn't have to fight. And I thought that was something that they stood up to Duke. And I thought that mattered. Look, Duke's impressive and they can win it all for sure. But today Carolina stepped up, got in their face, and, and shut them down. One thing we talked about, Dewey, and I want Gregory to comment on it, and then I want your thoughts. I thought Manic might be the option on Bancaro because I thought Manic was a little more savvy to to guard the big fellow. Bancaro is going to get his, but I mean he got him on 26 shots. And I let a guy shoot 26 times for 23 points every day of the week. And that's what he did. And AJ Griffin had five points. That's the leaky effect right there. Gregory, that was the decision um, that Hubert Davis made that I thought was huge in this ballgame.
2: Yeah, I mean, and there were a bunch, right? Like taking Baycott out when he got that first foul and being like, look, we're... And he's probably not going to do that if they're trailing right at that point, right? He made that decision. But to talk about Brady, he played 40 minutes. Brady Manick played 40 minutes to guard a guy that is going to make millions of dollars in the NBA next year, that is taller, has probably 50 more pounds on him. And in the first half, it was like, all right, Bancaro, get yours. Like, that's literally what it was. He finished the first half with, what, I think 15 points on very efficient shooting. And then the second half, they switched some. They put Baycott on him some. But, I mean, Manic, did he play exceptional defense? No. Like, it's, it's not like he – was this all worldly defender out there, but he had two blocks. He had two steals and it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but there are a handful of times where Bancaro tried to post him up and Bancaro either missed a shot short or had to pass it out. And that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but it's exactly what he needed to do while he let Leakey shut down AJ Griffin um, Puff did what he needed to do in the first half to frustrate and give some guys some breathers. I mean, which I say some guys, it wasn't Brady, like Brady Manic played 40 minutes at the end of a season in a game against guys that are more physical and just like just more dominant, but not tonight.
0: You know, what's great about Brady Manic is we've heard everything that all his teammates have said, everything that Hubert has said about the quality of the individual um high character uh but the reality is he's only going to be with us for this year and I would venture to say that without this win I'm not sure you remember Brady Manick all that much in the annals of Carolina basketball because more than likely this team is not going to win the national championship based on the body of work but for Brady Manick he gets this he gets this forever And I think that's really cool. I think that's really cool because now forever, when he comes back to Chapel Hill or he he sees a Carolina fan or alum, somebody anywhere in any city, they're going to say, Hey, I remember you guys went in there and beat K on his last game. And he has that forever now, which is really cool. Yep. And I mean, the
1: dude just plays his butt off. He's awesome to watch. He hit big shot after big shot, but I like, like I said, I like how he scraps on the defensive end, even though he's not, he's not the most athletic guy. He plays his tail off. He's one of those guys that people like me see and think I can do that. And then you realize that he's doing it against the best players in college basketball and all. It's just fascinating. Let's uh, let's look at a couple things. Stats, rebounding. Gregory, we talked about rebounding. I said, they're not going to re- out-rebound Duke. Can't do it. What won't happen. What was final rebound stats? UNC 30,
2: 37, 34. Duke 34.
1: Yeah. I said uh, turnovers. How many turnovers would they have? Did they even have a turnover in the second half? One. Just one. They had five, 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 five turnovers. For the game. Yep. At, uh, talk about pressure, Dewey. And that's what people don't – I don't think people understand the pressure level. Carolina had none going into this game. Duke had a ton. You could see it. They couldn't hold the basketball in the first two or three minutes. And then at the end, those jump shots stopped going in. Uh, Speak to that as a player, what you feel in a pressure situation, especially when you have the weight of the world on you. Um, It's not as easy as it looks sometimes.
0: No, look, it's a real thing. Jitters are a real thing. I mean, when when your hands feel shaky, or you have butterflies or, or if, if worse, if it's not butterflies, if it's a pit in your stomach, which those kids started to feel, well, especially when we got that lead and it, and it became apparent, you know, it, it, that's a real thing. I mean, it, it's you can get into the psychology of the game. And obviously mental health is a big thing that everybody talks about today as it relates to athletics. Um, but feeling anxiety, uh, feeling out of your body, happens. I can tell you, look, I didn't play a lot, but I can tell you when I started senior game against Duke, the, the Henderson-Hansboro, that was an out-of-body experience. I've never felt anything like that before or since. So just understand, like I said before, I, I feel for the Duke kids in, in the amount of pressure that they felt that was exponentially greater than what's already on this game. I mean, that that was wild, what they must have felt. The only thing I can compare it to, just because it's, it's when I was there, was in 07 when we had the 82 team there and we had the 57 team there. And all those guys were in the stands. And obviously Coach Smith and everybody was there. And I remember our guys feeling that. Like, we never said to ourselves, like, man, we can't lose this game. But we that was said before that game. It's like, man, we can't lose this game. Like, MJ's here and Coach Smith is here and Worthy's here and, and Lenny Rosenbluth and his buddies are here. Like, everybody's here. Like, we can't lose this game. We never said that any other game except for that one. And so this was that, you know, way exponentially. Um, so that's a real thing. And, and then the flip side to your point is our guys – Played totally free, no
2: pressure. How good was R.J. Davis? Oh, I man, good gracious. How I good mean. was R.J. Davis? He also played 40 minutes, and he played 40 minutes yeah. of true point guard basketball.
0: Carolina fans. Yeah, I, was 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 I was worried he was going to get tired. I was worried he's going to get tired, Tommy, but he did not
1: wear out. I know, and and people wanted to know where, where Joel Berry was on this team, where, where Ty Lawson, where Ray Felton, where a dog was on this team. They found, found him. him tonight. I mean, R.J. Davis is six foot tall, and he consistently went against guys uh, seven, eight, nine, ten inches taller than him and took it straight
0: at him and made and plays. You know what I liked about R.J. too? So, I mean, he made play after play after play. Great passes, a great bounce bounce pass to Mondo for the dunk in the second half, a couple layups, a couple threes, and then they, the camera would shift to him, close up on his face. And what did you see? Yep. Nothing locked in, right? Not, not emotional, not high, not low locked in. I mean, he was, he was in the zone all 40 and man, I tell you what, I can't imagine he's ever played better in his life.
1: Absolutely. And 100% not on the stage is big. Gregory,
2: what you got? I was with RJ. What I'm, I'm totally blanking on the game that he got. Was it the, it was the Louisville game where his shot got blocked at the rim. Right. Like it would have was that like, I think oh it, that would have won the game. Yeah. yeah Louisville. And he was a little bit not as he wasn't as decisive when he went up there. Right. But how many layups tonight where he just was going there and understood that the shot blocker was right on his back? Like Duke is a good shot blocking team. Like you could tell that with some of the errant floaters that Caleb put up, like they were afraid of getting their shots blocked. But RJ was not. And the way he went in, and he went in smart about it. And, I mean, Dewey, I'm going to make you pick a MVP of this game, but I don't know if that's even possible. It's (laughs) It's
0: RJ. You think it's RJ? RJ for me. When he had the ball in his hands, and look, sorry. By the way, have you guys seen this? This is Duke assistant coach refused to shake Huber's hand. Have you guys seen this? Yeah, I just saw it pop up on Twitter. Who is that?
1: Is that Carowell? Was it Carwell, or was it a – I didn't watch it, but I saw it pop up on I Twitter.
2: haven't seen it. It's, it's not surprising.
1: Coach K <laughs> was
2: going down the line and adding every, all UNC players on the chest and whatnot, but the assistant coaches oh, yeah. weren't having it.
1: Let me ask you a question about that, Dewey. Doesn't that just make it
0: even sweeter?
1: I mean
2: – you, point- you,
0: you just texted me, what, what's going on on your group text with your boys? That's what we're talking about. and we're talking about our boy hoots might get a letter from the acc office for going crazy on the floor after the game hey good on him it's probably working look
1: love 22 points 12 of 12 free throws uh that's big davis 21 points five rebounds four assists baycott of course 23 and 7 manic 20 and 11 uh, who's the MVP for you, Gregory, if it's not R.J.
2: Davis? It's got to be R.J. Davis. I mean, yeah, I. it's either R.J. or Brady Manick. I mean, it's I've, it's one of the two, right? For, I mean, Brady did exactly what he needed to do, and he put up a double-double, and he went five of ten from three, and he had two steals and two blocks. It's like it's, it's one of those two guys, but then you go with Baycott, and he's got the highest plus-minus on the floor. And when he was out on the floor, UNC couldn't do anything offensively, even with RJ with the ball in his hand. So it's like – and then Caleb Love showed up when he needed to. Like, this is a true – it was a true team effort. And all four guys there scored at 20 – at least 20 points. Baycott, 23 a- points. A- a- ACC player of the year? I don't know. Ask Gregory. He
1: has a vote. I asked him earlier, <laughs> and he – I asked him that at the baseball game today, and he did not say. And I told you, until this game,
2: it was Alonzo Williams for me.
1: (laughs) I told you if Baycott played his butt off today, it should be no doubt that he gets ACC Player. I can't
0: believe he didn't get a double double. I like. I thought that was in the bag. Twenty three
2: points on on ten for eleven, and goes in there and wins. That's the best performance he's had all season, considering it was against Mark Williams. Like Tashibwe eight Baycott up, Mark Williams eight Baycott up last time they played. Not tonight. I'm He's the best you, defensive big
0: man in the ACC, right? Uh, and he like one of the top it.
2: five best defensive big men in the country.
1: Here's the deal with Baycott, and what I what I got out of this season, I want to ask you this as well, Do and Gregory. Um, as the season progressed, Baycott got angrier and angrier, and started playing that way. And that's yep. what's been missing from him. He's super talented, <clears throat> but other than the Oregon game his freshman year, we hadn't really seen it come out. Um, as much as it has, especially late in the season. I felt when he threw Aluma down against Virginia Tech, whenever that was, a month and a half ago, two months ago, that's when Baycott took off. Dewey, what have you gotten from this season to this point, whether it be from Hubert Davis or for the, from the players, the growth that we've seen? And, and the sort of learning curve slash um, getting to know your new coach, your coach getting his feet settled and all. I mean, it's just been a pretty ridiculous transformation.
0: It has. And I understand that a lot of people have taken umbrage with Hubert's unrelenting positivity with the press. Part of that is understanding who he is and how he is, right? This is a, this is a man of faith that his glass is always half full. So I understand that people might have stopped listening to a lot of the things he has been saying when he talked about how well guys were playing when they maybe didn't play great or how good our opponent was when they weren't statistically a great team. But what has he said the last couple of weeks consistently? He has said there's a togetherness that we have come to find that is really special. We are a team now. And I'm sure people were like, this is just Hubert being Hubert, right? Caleb still makes boneheaded plays and plays selfishly and, He still doesn't sit him down and Okay. Seems like he might know what he was talking about.
2: I want to say this because when a good team like Duke and we, this like Duke is a good basketball team. I think we can all agree on that. When a team like Duke loses the first thing to look like, it was like, Oh, did they just play poor? Right. Duke did not play poor. Like Duke shot 49%. Yes, they didn't shoot well from three, but they didn't shoot abysmal from three. They shot they shot 37 percent from three, but UNC didn't foul. They didn't turn the ball over. They had seven steals like this isn't a, oh, Duke played bad UNC one game. This is a UNC played phenomenal and was the better team while Duke played well, like Duke played better than they did when they lost to Virginia. They played better than when they lost to Miami, you know. I just think I want that point should be stated here because I don't I think we can't point. take anything away from Carolina in this game.
0: I think it's a great point. We went in there and beat them. We went in there and beat them, right? And I don't think they thought – did you guys see in the first half, did you guys catch that replay of Bancaro uh, chirping at our bench? Mm, yeah, and Wendell Moore did it too. W- was Bancaro saying you guys suck to our bench?
2: I don't know. That was something That's what like I that.
0: thought. That's what I thought. Maybe
2: I soft. Did. Cause that's been a mantra that the Duke players have kind of,
0: maybe, maybe you guys are soft or you guys suck. Something like that. I think when we got to whatever it was around 12, under 12 in the second half, I don't think Duke could believe we were still there. No, nope. I don't think they could believe we were still there and playing the way we were playing. And we kept taking it to them. We kept fighting. We kept getting the ball to Mondo in good spots to be successful. We kept making just enough shots to either not let it get to eight, nine, 10 in that second half period. And then when we made our run, right, all of a sudden you blinked and we were up eight. And I don't think, I
2: don't think Duke respected us enough tonight. Armando Baycott has taken to Twitter and has said what they going to say now.
1: (laughs) Well, I was going to, in that direction. I, I think a couple masterful things that were done, and I don't know if I agree with it beforehand or not. Um, certainly do now in hindsight. Baycott was asked earlier this week, Dewey, I don't know if you saw his press conference about what's it going to be like going up against, um, you know, these guys that are high draft picks and great players and all this. And Baycott sat there at the press conference for a minute. And then he said, yeah, I got no comment on that. And it's kind of like I talked about earlier Duke was chirping earlier. Theo John, man, if he played at Duke for four years, he'd be one of those guys. He'd be on Grayson Allen, Leitner levels, um, with the way he was chirping and all that. Wendell Moore chirped at the bench. Carolina did none of that. They didn't do it in the pregame. Hubert Davis didn't give them anything, you know, to talk about. And Carolina just played. And that's just so different that we've seen this year is that Carolina just kept quiet, walked in there, played their game, and if he wants to talk after the game, 100%, go for it. Don't blame him. But I think that's the biggest thing for me is that in the lead-up to this game, with all that was going on, Carolina just sat silently and let the wave keep building on Duke and let the pressure keep building on Duke and let Duke talk. That was the coolest thing for me to see is, is Hubert Davis's approach there. Dewey, I think Hubert Davis found his footing earlier. Few games back, but I think this really sort of cemented his footing. And like you said earlier, he, he kind of might know what he's doing. He just
0: might. He just might. It. Just might. it uh, look, I, I understand the argument that is made that this is not the job you take or or you give to somebody to learn on the job. I get it. I understand. I understand the comment. Um, and he's still gonna have periods where. People question his substitution patterns or this or that, and we need to see how he's going to recruit and all those things. It's still so early. Um, But I think he has earned some respect, especially from a lot of people on the message boards that have hammered him. Hammered him. uh, And didn't, as I've said all along, go back and listen to all our podcasts when we were Seven games in, 12 games I kept saying to you, Tony, we're 12 games in. Let's just see. Let's just see. And I'm not saying that to say, oh, well, I told you so. It's not that. I, I didn't know what to think either. I, I didn't get some of the things that were happening ever, because it was new. It wasn't that it, I assumed it was wrong. I was like, this is just different. And But let me tell you something, though. Those kids like to play for him. They really do. Uh, what well, was the first thing Mondo said on national television when they interviewed him? So I'm so happy for coach Davis. That was pretty cool. And uh, I just, I'm really, really happy for him. I really am. And what, Armando. Did, uh, and what did Holly Rose say?
1: I wanted to get Hubert Davis, but he said, talk to my players. And that is uh,
2: coach Smith esque right there. Go ahead. Gregory. And, well, I was just going to say two things. One Armando FaceTimed Roy Williams. And um, said, this is for you, my guy. I don't know if the camera can say it, but Roy's face is there. And um, FaceTimed Roy and posted on his Instagram story. That's pretty cool. Um, But what we talked about in preseason, Tommy, and with Greg and Sherelle, we were talking about, we we don't know a whole lot about how Hubert Davis is going to coach. We definitely don't know a whole lot about how he's going to handle the locker room and how he's going to try to connect with these 18 to 22 year olds. Um, One of the reasons Roy decided to retire was just like, he didn't think he could do that part of it. Of course the basketball part of it, but also that part of it too, right? Like just connecting with these kids, the generational gap, all that stuff. Um, And there were at times this season when we talked about how it looked like the players are in disarray, especially in the non like the losses that the big losses, right? Like not the wins and things like that, but where it was just like, man, like what's going on in that locker room? Like, is it just, is there strife? Like what, like what's happening, but to your point there where just head down and that was the mantra all week. And it came to fruition today of just being just play with your ball. Like, don't let anything else affect it. Don't talk. Don't use your words. Like just play, the game of basketball, and they did that today. And it was kind of – I mean, the season's not over, obviously, because they're definitely not on the bubble anymore. I think we can all agree on that, right? Um, but it would just – it was a like a finale of what Hubert has done and said, showing in his players, I think, for one of the first times this season in an all-encompassing way. Like Armando saying, this is Carolina basketball – at the at the end, this is for Coach Davis. Like all of that, like, and they actually they stuck to their game plan for forty minutes successfully for the first time against a really good team this season. It all comes full
1: circle. Yeah, I cannot believe the regular season's now over. Carolina will go into Brooklyn as the three seed. I guess they're the three seed. They will await. Uh, they will their play.
2: Matchup. They will play. I guess it's all set now. Does but they'll play. No, but they'll they play. play. Thursday night at nine 30. So on the beat live will probably not happen unless we do it Wednesday. We might but do it Wednesday, but we'll look figure let, that out.
1: let me do a couple of things. Let me give a shout out to Johnny t-shirt because they're their sponsors. They're uh, great friends of this show and everybody should know that by now. And I'm sure they'll cook up something for this ball game. Um, so take care of Johnny t-shirt and get your, uh, 10% off. Let me give a shout out to the people. We got almost 500 people watching this live show, um, If I were anywhere near Chapel Hill, we'd probably be doing it from Franklin Street. Um, I am not. But shout out to the fans of this show. It has been great to do these live. And most importantly, and the season's not over, but I know it's the happiest he's been all year. Shout out to Dewey Burt for coming on and joining us. Man, it's always fun to talk to you. Um, It's tough to talk when it's bad. And I think Carolina fans and fans of any team – think it's bad um but to be a former player and, and and have to go through the bad parts i appreciate you trucking through those because it makes the good ones seem all the more better appreciate
0: it Dewey. we absolutely thank you thank you guys for having me thank you to everybody for listening and uh i wish i could share some of the stuff on this group text <laughs> <laughs> um, you,
1: you have to do that. That'll be inside Carolina. Super. Uber
0: <laughs> right. It's, it's really good though. All the, uh, all the guys I've played with are saying everything you guys would hope sending that guy out of that building for the last time with an L
2: as nice. good as it can feel
0: Give me Final last stat, stat for
2: you stat of the day. Armando Baycott, 23 points. Caleb love 22 points. RJ Davis, 21 points. Brady manic 20 points is the first time in UNC history. Four players have scored 20-plus points in the same game. Wow. Comes on a kind of a big night
1: in Cameron Indoor Stadium. Carolina pulls it off and runs off the Duke basketball team, 94-81 in Cameron. Wow. It matches. It's a little bigger than 06. Maybe we'll still talk about 06, Dewey, but uh, I think this one might move up the ledger there. I consider it, and I believe it to be the biggest regular season win Carolina basketball has ever had. If somebody knows of a bigger one, let me know. I doubt you'll find one. But if you do, we can discuss it. Gregory Hall, Dewey Burt, I'm Tommy Ashley. Rate us, review us, subscribe, like this show on YouTube, and make sure you subscribe to all the different services to get this stuff. It's been a pleasure, my friends. We will talk soon.
2: Okay, picture this.